0: Making history his story. Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Moses, thank you for that wonderful introduction. As I mentioned on a previous podcast, we are going to be going back in time. To give you last year's results, as well as the current results for the all-time most listened to episodes. This is a very exciting part of the show for me, because I really get to see what the listeners chose to listen to the most. And it oftentimes, there's no logic to it. Now with no further ado, I will get right into it. The top five shows of all time. Tied for 5th place, released in April of 2015, Mining Massacre. Also tied for 5th, released in May of 2014, The Civil President. Coming in on the all-time most downloaded report at number 4, released January of 2015, Bloodbath. Third place, released in August of 2014, a singer suicide and the number two most downloaded episode of the Derek Izzy show released in April of 2014. The comedy episode airline rant and still retaining its spot as the number one most downloaded episode of the Derek Izzy show released January 1st of 2014 The very first podcast we did. A new kind of family. Now, as we get through some of these statistics, I've got the three most downloaded months. All three of the most downloaded months occurred in the year of 2016, and that makes sense because our audience is continuously growing. But May of 2016 was the third most downloaded month in the history of The Derek Izzy Show, followed by December of 2016, and the single month with the most downloaded episodes, November of 2016. And when we go over these numbers, we also do a top three most downloaded episodes of the previous year. So as the recording of this podcast, the most recent year was 2016, and we closed that year off with the top three most downloaded episodes of that year, number three being Sticking to George, number two, Murdered and Missing in Oklahoma, and the number one most downloaded episode of 2016, Haunting the Main Road. If you're new to The Derek Izzy Show, that gives you some key episodes to listen to because those are the most popular ones. Therefore, logically, those are probably going to be the ones that you would prefer. If you do have a favorite episode, feel free to shoot me an email. You can reach me at Derek at DerekIzzy.com. And now, today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Bet DSI is a sport gambling, well, in general, it's just a gambling website. They have all kinds of odds to bet on. For example, if you go on there right now, as we're Recording this episode, you will see odds for the Grammys. Well, that doesn't make sense. How can you bet on the Grammys? Well, you can. If you go to betdsi.eu, use promo code Derek, D-E-R-E-K, to set up your account. By using promo code Derek, you will get matching funds on your initial deposit. I use BetDSI. I bet on the Super Bowl. I bet on the presidential election because, yes, they had odds on that, and I won $900 betting that Trump would actually win. And I routinely win money betting on UFC fights. I also routinely lose money, but I win more than I lose, and that's the ultimate goal when you're making bets. As I said before, they do have odds on the Grammys, and here's basically how that works. You've got the favorite in each category and then odds based on those favorites. For example, Song of the Year. There's several different songs that are up for nomination this year. And according to BetDSI's odds makers, the song that they picked to win is Hello by Adele. Based on the current odds, if you placed a $100 bet that Hello would win Song of the Year, you would win your money back, of course, plus you would win $20. And that's how it works with a favorite to win. You win just a tiny little bit of money. If the favorite wins. One of the other songs up for nomination is Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. If you put $100 on Love Yourself winning, and that song wins song of the year, you would collect your $100 back plus $20,000. Now, generally, the odds makers are very good at what they do. So I would suggest betting carefully and about topics you know about, but you never know. You can always get lucky. If you're into other sports, they have plenty of NBA action, NCAA action as well. With the NCAA tournament coming up, I'm sure you'll be able to find some amazing and crazy bets on that. In order to get matching funds in your account when you set it up, go to betdsi.eu and use promo code Derek. As you know, this will be the fourth year of the Derek Izzy Show being in full operations, And occasionally we do accept new sponsors to the show. We do have a limited number of sponsors that we can accept, but we have a wide variety of sponsorship packages, starting at as little as $250. If you're interested in being a sponsor, we have packages that include live reads on the show, advertising on the website, as well as some of the other networks that we participate in behind the scenes of The Derek Izzy Show. These are some all-inclusive packages starting at just $250. If you're interested in advertising on The Derek Izzy Show, just shoot an email to me, Derek at derekizzy.com, and I will make sure it gets to the right department. And now, the topic of today's podcast. Merriam-Webster defines spiritualism as the view that spirit is the prime element of reality, a belief that spirits of the dead communicate with the living, usually through a medium, or a movement comprising of religious organizations emphasizing spiritualism. In the United States, the origins of spiritualism can pretty much be traced back to one family. Way back in March of 1848, Maggie Fox and Kate Fox were at home. They had complaints that every night when they were getting ready for sleep, they would hear noises, knocks and raps on the walls, sounds like a door was closing or a knock on a table. The girls really had no idea what was going on. Was their house haunted? Were the girls just causing trouble? A next-door neighbor came over to observe the haunted events. The girls brought the neighbor in. When asking the spirit to count, the neighbor heard the counting of a spirit by making loud raps. Maggie told the spirit, count to three. The spirit made three loud raps. The séance continued. If you are really a spirit of the dead, communicate with us by knocking five times. The communication was clear. The girls had summoned a spirit of the dead. Now the idea of communicating with someone who had passed on was not really a new idea. The Bible has many instances of angels and spirits communicating with man, but this was the first manifestation that was documented in the United States where humans were communicating with the dead. It appears that their house in a small town called Hydesville was truly haunted and that the two girls had the ability to communicate with the dead. But who was this spirit they were communicating with? Was the whole ordeal real? The neighbor was convinced that it was real. But who would be next? Rumors spread throughout the countryside. It wasn't long before people started arriving at the home of the sisters, looking for spiritual advice and wanting to witness the spirits in action. There were a lot of skeptics who wanted to prove the sisters to be false. The family of the sisters was expelled from their local church. The minister ultimately asking them to leave, stating that the girls had been engaging in unholy practices. An attorney, E.E. Lewis, showed up to conduct his own investigation. He interviewed neighbors, and he also interviewed tenants who used to live in the farmhouse. He also interviewed other members of the Fox family, and asked them to describe what they experienced. After his interviews, he published a pamphlet titled A Report of the Mysterious Noises Heard in the House of John D. Fox. Previous tenants of the Fox's home verified that there were noises in the home. They heard things from rappings on the walls, footsteps, and even dragging sounds throughout the home. A previous tenant named Michael Weakman rented the house just before the Foxes moved in, and the noises bothered him so much, he moved out. The Fox family, however, decided to live with the disturbances. To them, it was just a minor annoyance. To the girls, it was their pathway to communicate with the dead. As people came to investigate the phenomenon... A committee composed of 20 friends and neighbors, directed by William Duesler, set out to perform their own investigation. With many confirmed statements from citizens who lived there and were very close to the home and the family, it was confirmed that the noises were real. Maggie and Kate experimented. They communicated with the spirit quite often. Through the wrappings and the noises that the spirit made trying to communicate with the girls, they were able to deduce that the spirit was that of a peddler who had been murdered in the house and was allegedly buried in the basement. This peddler's name was Charles B. Rosna. Now, some of the historical accounts also had his last name as Rosa, but that's just a minor detail. On April 3rd, 1848, a group of people began to seek for proof of this buried peddler. They began digging in the basement of the home. One of the observers saw strands of what looked like human hair. They continued digging. The next piece that was unearthed looked like portions of a human skull. They continued digging. Next, they found what appeared to be human bones. It was concluded that those were the bones of the peddler that Maggie and Kate had been communicating with. Seeing this verification of what the girls had been doing, they decided to go on the road with their spiritualism show. They traveled. Their older sister Leah joined the group. Leah was able to get them out of the small town area out into the bigger cities where they could actually do real shows and make real money. Taking this message of communicating with the dead out to the rest of the world, spiritualism was born. People who believe in spiritualism believe that the human body is only what the spirit embodies while here. That once the human body dies... The spirit lives on. And Maggie and Kate had the ability to communicate with these spirits after they've left the human body. As they started traveling doing shows, the girls amassed quite a fortune. They became rich and started living out their dreams. The ability of the girls to conjure up spirits lived past them. Years after their death, Scientists and professors were still investigating things that they've done and trying to get them explained. A world-famous physiologist stated that spirit wrappings were of primary importance as demonstrations that there are in the universe, human or non-human, intelligences that can act directly on matter. Sir William Crookes, the renowned British chemist and physicist, concluded after a full investigation of Katie Fox that she only had to place her hand on any substance to produce raps loud enough to be heard several rooms off. He says, In this manner, I have heard them in a living tree, on a sheet of glass, on a stretched iron wire, on a stretched membrane, a tambourine, on the roof of a cab, and on the floor of a theater, Moreover, actual contact is not always necessary. I have heard these sounds proceeding from the floors, walls, etc., when the medium's hands were held, when she was standing on a chair, when she was suspended from the ceiling, even when she was enclosed in a wire cage. Another researcher, Robert Dale Owen, said he observed the elder sister, Leah, in a seance during which she manifested a light about as large as a small fist that rose and fell as a hammer would, striking the floor. At each stroke, a loud rap was heard. In over 400 seances sponsored by investigators in New York, Katie Fox, whose hands were held by the researchers, materialized phantom human forms that produced flowers, glowing lights, and written messages in the handwriting of the deceased individuals. Years and years of skepticism had failed to prove the Fox sisters were false. But one person did make a claim that the sisters' spiritualism was false, and that person was Maggie. Years and years of fame and traveling, Maggie and Katie had developed some... Awful drinking problems. And Maggie had gotten very sick. One night, she confessed that the entire charade was false. She confessed that when they were kids, her and Katie used to tie an apple on a string, bump the apple on the floor, and control the bumps using the string. She told the New York world, that they learned how to make popping, cracking, and thumping sounds on their own. She said they could pop and crack the knuckles of their toes, or by snapping their big and second toes, just like someone would snap their fingers. And they had gotten so good with it, they could do it whenever they needed to and make it as loud as they wanted. It's said that the girls got so good at making noises with their toes... They could even do it while standing in shoes. A relative of the Fox family, a Mrs. Culver, admitted in a signed statement that she had assisted during the Fox sister seances by touching them to indicate when the wraps should be made. She also claimed that Katie and Maggie revealed to her how they made the noise with their toes, knees, and ankles by cracking them. After this confession went public, the public turned on the Fox sisters. They were frauds. Maggie tried to recant the confession, saying that she had only made it to get back at her sisters because she felt she was being cheated, but she was unable to take it back. The damage had already been done. The sisters ended up dying penniless. The peddler who was buried in the basement of their home, upon further investigation, the bones that were found were not actually human bones. They were animal bones and hairs from farm animals. While we may never know the truth of what the girls were doing, the confession seems pretty convincing. However, years and years of investigators trying to disprove them but being unable to is also a compelling argument. What I will leave you with is one of the last days in the life of Maggie. Maggie had a doctor who was caring for her in the last stages of her life. She started handwriting something to the doctor. She was writing very, very quickly. Before long, her document had reached 20 pages in length. When the doctor read this document that Maggie had just written, the doctor was shocked. Maggie had basically written a detailed biography of the doctor's life. Many of the events included in this biography were things that the doctor had not shared with anyone. Near the end of this document, Maggie mentioned a missing will that belonged to the mother of the doctor and the names of several people back in Manchester, Indiana, where the doctor was from. Upon reading this information, the doctor wrote a letter to her brother about the missing will and the home in Manchester. The brother sent his friend over to the home in Manchester, and the missing will was recovered. How did Maggie know about this? We may never know. This could mean that the Fox sisters, known as the founders of spiritualism, were not frauds, but were actually communicating with the dead. This has been The Derek Izzy Show. Good day.